Episode 279 of the Read to Lead podcast is brought to you in part by FreshBooks cloud accounting software, offering you a free 30-day trial. To get started right now, visit freshbooks.com slash read to lead and enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section. Jay Abraham, a great marketer from back in the day, once said, if you can describe the problem better than your target customer, they will automatically assume you have the solution. Hi, and welcome to the Read to Lead podcast. It's the podcast dedicated to your personal and your professional growth. I'm Jeff Brown, and I believe that if you desire to achieve true success in your business and in your life, then intentional and consistent reading is a must. You can't have one without the other. And the hope of the Read to Lead podcast is to help you narrow this reading list and also bring you key insights and valuable ideas from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. Today's guest has been on the show before. His name is Pat Flynn, and he is best known for his Smart Passive Income blog. His new book out today is called Superfans, The Easy Way to Stand Out, Grow Your Tribe, and Build a Successful Business. I'll ask Pat to share about how to speak your audience's language, examples of what Pat calls quick wins and how to create them for your tribe, advice for anyone looking to move from a traditional job to working for themselves, and plenty more. If you happen to be looking for similar books on this topic, another one I can recommend that I just finished is a book called You, Inc. by Travis Rosser. Travis is the co-founder of a company called Kajabi. In fact, I plan to interview Travis for an upcoming episode of the podcast. Again, his book is called You, Inc., the step-by-step guide for finding a business within you. Pat Flynn is a father, husband, and entrepreneur who lives and works in San Diego, California. He owns several successful online businesses and is a professional blogger, keynote speaker, Wall Street Journal bestselling author, and the host of the Smart Passive Income and Ask Pat podcasts, which have earned a combined total of over 55 million downloads, multiple awards, and features in publications like the New York Times and Forbes. He's also an advisor to ConvertKit, Lead Pages, Teachable, and other companies in the digital marketing space. And in addition to the book we'll be diving into today, Pat's two other books, both of which have been featured in previous interviews right here on Read to Lead, are Let Go and Will It Fly. His most recent book is called Superfans, The Easy Way to Stand Out, Grow Your Tribe, and Build a Successful Business. He makes his third appearance here today on the Read to Lead podcast. I've got a great deal of respect for him. Welcome back to Read to Lead, Mr. Pat Flynn. Hey, thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me back for uh, a third time. I guess I guess you kind of like me a little bit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I was just joking, pulling the leg of a friend of mine, a guy named Sean Smith, who you may have run into from time to time. And Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Somehow your name came up in conversation and he was sharing his love for you and your work. And I said, gosh, I can't stand that Pat Flynn. He's like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> and I kept him going for a few minutes like, dude, dude, I'm, I'm totally kidding. I love everything <laughs> Pat does. I think Pat does everything with such perfection. And, and as I've said to you before, I think anything worth doing is, is worth doing well. And if there's somebody who approaches every bit of their craft with excellence, it would be you. Thank you so much for that. And and, and if Sean's listening to this, I appreciate you, buddy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, excited to chat and, and you know, I'll, I'll follow your lead. I'm, I'm here to serve. Let, let's first get an overview, Pat, uh, of what you call in the book Superfans, the, the the pyramid of fandom. And then in a bit, we'll maybe dive a little bit deeper into, into each of those those four levels. 
Sure. So if you're considering, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter what you're building. You want people to find it. You want people to hopefully love it and, and share it, of course. And if you imagine your entire user base, that includes people who've just found you to people who are deathly in love with what you do. Imagine it like a pyramid. And at the bottom of this pyramid, which is your biggest portion of your audience and, and, and following, are going to be people who just discovered you, what I call your casual audience. And these are the people who they might not even know who you are yet. They've discovered your content uh, in some way, shape, or form, whether through a search or a link or a recommendation or, or what have you. And uh, it may be because you're answering a question that they might have, or maybe it's just a random happenstance. Uh, and then our goal should be to then invite them into what I like to call the active subscriber base. Mm. And th those are the people who are like, okay, I found this person. They seem interesting. Like, I like what they have to say. I'm going to now subscribe. I'm going to, you know, sign up for their email list. I'm going to follow them on Instagram. I'm going to, you know, check out their book or, or what have you. And uh, as great as it is to have people who are now subscribers, there's a little bit more work to do. And I think this is where people usually stop. Okay, I got my customers. I got my <laughs> subscribers. But we need to then go further up the pyramid. Again, we're moving into a smaller sort of percentage of your audience. But when you go up, you'll notice that there's some interesting things that happen here. The next space is your connected community. And this is where not only are you able to engage with your audience and your audience is engaging back with you and communicating, hence the word community, <laughs> but they're communicating with each other. And that's mm. the coolest part of this this situation of building any sort of following is it's, it's not just about you. It's about mm. the people who you've brought together who now are able to find each other. And amazing things happen uh, within those communities when you do that. And then, of course, at the very top are your super fans. Your super fans defined as those people who they just live and, and breathe and sleep and dream about you. They, you know, if you were a musician, as Kevin Kelly uh, says in his article, A Thousand True Fans, they would drive, you know, eight to 10 hours just to hear one of your songs. If you are an artist, they buy your pieces. If you are a product creator, they don't even need to read the sales page. They're already at the, at the checkout. And when you go up this pyramid, it's interesting because, you know, when you think about businesses, especially, but anybody, especially online now with how, you know, uh, easy we have access to these things that show us how big our communities and following is, you know, we are always focused on, let's get more people in, let's get more exposure, search engine optimization, traffic, and uh, paying for ads. Like, let's get more people to find us. But then this whole book is about, okay, well, yeah, that stuff is important, but what happens once those people are there, what, once they find you? Mm. And if we aren't building for those moments that create those super fans, and, and the truth is a super fan's not created the moment they find you. You're not uh, in love with a band the first time you hear their song. It's all those songs. It's it's the interviews on TV. It's the way they make you feel over time. It's all those little moments, those magical moments that add up for a person to become a super fan. And when you think of where most of your customers are, they're at the top of this pyramid. It's a smaller portion, but that's where it's all happening. The repeat customers, the engagement, the sharing, the people who are just nonstop talking about you without you having to act. Ask. And the cool thing is you can now grow your user base, your entire exposure continues to grow, not from you pulling from the outside and bringing people in at the bottom, but it's the people at the top who are doing it for you who are now building the pyramid from the inside. And this mm. is this is where it's so important now for businesses to start thinking about this if they aren't already, because as much as we're trying to build our followings, guess what? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, they're not they're not letting us get to the followers. They're, they, they're there. They're, mm. We have the numbers for subscribers, but when we post something, not all of them are seeing it. We're, we're, we've been playing in other people's sandboxes, and it's about time for us to basically create our own sandbox that everybody who loves us wants to play in, too. And that, that, that's what this book is about. The book is a how-to from the moment people find you to help, help them become a super fan.
There's a lot we can learn from the Backstreet Boys, isn't there? Absolutely. And that, that comes up because it's the first story I tell in this book about my wife, who, who's, who's a diehard super fan of the Backstreet Boys. And it's, it's hard because I'm an NSYNC fan. So, you know, we get into fights every now and then about this. But I was asking her because I knew she was such a super fan of this band. Like, how did you become a fan of this group anyway? And she was like telling me for hours just every single thing that she remembered about this group from the moment the first song resonated with her. It wasn't the first time she listened to a song. It was the first time it resonated with her. And it was because, mm. and I, th this is what I call in the book, understanding the lyrics that your audience will respond to because she had just broken up with her boyfriend. She had heard the song on the radio and every word in this song was speaking to that moment in her life. And it was during this breakup, the song was called Quit Playing Games With My Heart by the Backstreet Boys, <laughs> right? And that was her activation moment like wow they get me that's what you want to have as a business as a, as a creator as somebody building a following you want those people who find you for the first time to go yes this is what i've been looking for or this person gets me they understand and the way you do that the way you portray that is through the language that you use and and so often we all we feel like we have the solution for our audience but if we're not paying attention to the language that we're using in and around that solution that our audience will respond to well you might as well not have a solution at all Jay Abraham, a great marketer from back in the day, uh, once said, if you can describe the problem better than your target customer, they will automatically assume you have the solution. But with April and the Backstreet Boys, it, it wasn't just a couple songs that she listened to and then she bought an album. It was the concerts that she went to. It was all the discussions that we she had with her friends who were also <laughs> uh, Backstreet Boy fans. And it was that night after having that conversation, going into her closet and realizing that there was this Tupperware box there that I had never seen before. <laughs> she, she had like hid it from me. She opened it up to reveal all this Backstreet Boys memorabilia. Mm. Yes, posters and programs from concerts she's been to, but also Backstreet Boy action figures, <laughs> like a framed photo of Nick Carter, who's like this tall, blonde, fair-skinned dude. By the way, I'm a short, brown, dark-skinned man. <laughs> like, the complete opposite of me. I was a little worried, but again, it just shows you that if you can create these special moments over time, a person becomes more and more a fan of you. And of course, it's a lifetime subscriber, it's a lifetime follower. You know, this is this is future proofing your brand here. No matter what happens in technology, no matter what Facebook does or whoever, your super fans are always going to be there for you no matter what. Mm. I've learned, too, that my wife has a type and it's tall, dark and handsome. And I'm maybe only one of those on a good day if I'm lucky. <laughs> well, uh, we're talking about the pyramid of fandom. How, how does this differ from what is traditionally known, Pat, as a sales funnel or you might say an upside down pyramid? Yep. So a sales funnel, traditionally, you'll see it's a funnel because it's in the shape of a funnel. And what you do with the funnel is you fill it from the top and you kind of just kind of let gravity take its its place. And then at the bottom, you have your your customers, right? So at the top mm. is, you know, traffic. You just want to get more traffic. And this is, again, we're taught to, as, as marketers, focus on the funnel, right? Because cool things happen when you build a funnel. You get new traffic coming to your website. Some of those people will join your email list. Some of those people will then find your sales page for your products. And some of those people will buy, hence a funnel, smaller at the bottom, bigger at the top. But the problem with this is we we expect it to act like a funnel where all you have to do is focus on, you know, pouring more water at the top and which which in this case is more traffic. And we just kind of go, OK, we'll, we'll let gravity do its its thing. <laughs> but the pyramid of fandom doesn't work like that. It's the opposite. It starts at the bottom like like the pyramids in Egypt. You have to climb your way to the top. Mm. And guess what? There's gravity working against you, which is why this is this is harder. And I think this is hard for people, too, because in a funnel, a traditional marketing funnel, you can literally see, OK, a thousand people went in to this 
page on my website. 10% of those people subscribe to my email list. So now I got 100 people on my email list. 10% of those people, 10 people then became customers. There's my funnel. So for every 1,000 people who come to my website, I'm gonna have 10 customers. And boom, that's nice because there's math and there's predictive <laughs> uh, you know, analysis involved. With the opposite, the, the, the pyramid uh, and, and building fans, it's, it's not quite as measurable. Right. And that's mm. the hard part. And, and, and it's not quite as delineated because there are going to be some people who are in your connected community who feel like they're a part of something who will automatically become fans. And there are people who will jump from the bottom to the top. And there's also the idea of the fact that, well, you need to continue to nurture your fans or else because why would they continue to become a fan for something that's not delivering for them? Mm. So th 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 there's there's continuation here. And that's that's how it differs from a marketing funnel. Both are important, but we've been so focused for the last 10 years in marketing on just more traffic, more traffic, more traffic, and let's just kind of have everything work automatically. This is the opposite of that, but this is what I feel now is, is the right time to start focusing on. I mean, we should have been focusing on this forever, but with everything now getting in the way of us reaching the fans who've said they want to uh, hear from us. I mean, I have a, I have a Facebook page with 150,000 likes and I'll post something on there and like 400 people see it. Mm. Even though those people had said basically, yes, I want to hear from Pat. No, you can't do that because Facebook <laughs> wants you to pay to play mm. and, and, you know, this is this isn't about that. This is about creating magical moments for people from the moment they find you to help upgrade them to become a fan and then start to build your brand for you. I want to talk about another strategy in the casual to active phase. You mentioned a moment ago, speaking your audience members language, learning the lyrics. What would be an example of one of the other strategies you talk about in that section of the book, Pat, uh, a quick win? And why is it, is it important to create one of these for your tribe or many of these for your tribe along the way? Let me tell you a story. Back when I was an architect, before I became an entrepreneur, I was a personal finance blog nerd, meaning <laughs> I probably was subscribed. This was back when RSS feeds were popular and that's how you got the content, right? So right. I would subscribe to 20 different personal finance blogs. And there was one in particular that was very different than the others. And I, I was kind of not a big fan of it just because of the name of it. And the name of it was I will teach you to be rich.com by a guy named Ramit Seti. And I was just always a little put off by that. But I got to say, I was subscribed to his RSS feed and I read an article once that was, I can't remember the exact title, but it was something to the likes of, you know, read the, or call your cable company, read the script, and in 15 minutes, you'll save uh, money on your cable bill. And I was like, 15 minutes, okay. I, so my <laughs> lunch break, I read this article, I called my cable company, I read the same, the, he, he literally wrote out what to say, and I said that to my cable company, and in 15 minutes, I saved 25% on my monthly cable bill. Mm. And I was just like, holy moly, <laughs> I need to find, I need to like, let me go back and find like, what else can I find? And I went deeper into his stuff. I became a fan of his after that. And he and I are good friends now. And this versus the other personal finance blogs. And this is, this is how they were providing me quote, quick win. Hey, uh, don't have that latte because you can put that $4 a week into an account <laughs> so that by the time you're 65, then you can enjoy those, 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 that money. That's not so quick. <laughs> that's not quick at all, but that's what they all say, right? Mm. And, and I think it's easy, it, it, it's such an important strategy now to get a person to a quick win because yes, we might wanna change the lives of the people who come across our brand. We're, we're leading people, right? And of course, we want to change their lives. However, if you wanna change somebody's life, you need to start by changing their day first. Make them 
perk up a little bit and go, whoa, I got something here that I'd never gotten anywhere else so quickly, it, it would be ridiculous for me to search anywhere else. There mm. must be even better things in here. Just like video games. It's the way video games are crafted, right? There was a game called World of Warcraft that I was addicted to, and I knew I was going to be addicted because within the first five minutes, I already leveled up. I got to <laughs> unlock new abilities and new weapons, and and, 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 then, and then I was staying up for 48 hours straight oh. to finish the next quest because I just had to get to that next level. But they make those first levels really easy. Why? Because they want want you to experience those quick wins and and that that's what hooks you and 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 you can use that power for not so good things and you can use that super power for great things to build fans because if you can give a person a quick win they're going to come in and then you can take them on that longer journey to whatever it is that you want to help your audience with someone whose powers you might say i've been benefiting from for nearly 10 years is freshbooks cloud accounting software i started using the software in the fall of 2009 when i was beginning a side hustle a side business i needed a way to invoice clients and as my business has grown and now i work for myself full time freshbooks has grown and adapted with me to do everything I need it to do. I don't like math. I don't like accounting. There are things that I don't want to think about any more than I have to, and FreshBooks makes it possible for me to do exactly that. I encourage you to try FreshBooks for many reasons, not the least of which is you're going to save a ton of time and you're going to have less stress. And FreshBooks might actually change the way you feel about dealing with things like accounting and taxes. It is ridiculously easy to use and made especially for people like you and me who don't like dealing with numbers and taxes. Right now, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to you. To claim it, all you need to do is go to freshbooks.com slash read to lead. That's freshbooks.com slash read to lead. And then enter read to lead when you get to the how did you hear about us section. You'll get access to all of FreshBooks features and be able to take it for a test drive free for 30 days. Again, that address, freshbooks.com slash read to lead to check it out right now. In the next section of the book, there's a couple of strategies there too, Pat, I'd like to, to hone in on in the active to connected phase. Um, you talk about creating a challenge in one of the chapters. Can you describe an example, maybe one that you've enacted yourself or one that you've, you've experienced yourself uh, and, and what some of the benefits of doing that might be? Yeah, challenges are fantastic because it gets people to finally start moving and not just moving on their own, but moving together. This mm -hmm. part of the, 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 the pyramid of fandom, the active audience, your subscribers, and turning them into people who feel like they belong to something, that community. This is where you start to get those people who feel like, oh, this is my this is my tribe. Like I found my people. And part of being able to do that is to allow them to experience wins and progress together. So uh, one example was for my audience who is building businesses, right? I wanted them to start an email list. And I've been touting the importance of starting an email list for so long mm -hmm. and still people have not started their email list. And I feel it's one of the most important parts of your business and communication. However, I did this challenge and I was like, okay, guys, here's the deal. On this date for 72 hours, you're going to get one email a day and you're going to be challenged to in, within the 72 hour period, three days, get your first 100 email subscribers. Mm -hmm. So, okay, put on your calendar on this date, subscribe to this part of my email list. I'll send you an email every single uh, day for three days and I'll wor work you through the process. It'll be, it'll be fairly simple and uh, subscribe to this Facebook group so you can be there with other people who are doing this challenge with you. Mm. And I ended up having 14,000 people take this challenge. Wow. 
because they saw other people getting involved too. And that's the cool thing about us humans is that we <laughs> are a uh, species who wants to be a part of a group. And so you as the creator, as the leader, can lead and facilitate these moments. They don't have to be forever. This was just a 72-hour challenge. There's been other 24-hour challenges. You know, there, there, there was a challenge that I knew somebody do where uh, he challenged his audience to all ask their boss for a raise that day. <laughs> And, you know, there's a lot of anxiety there, right? Mm. And so what he did was he created a Facebook group and he got everybody chatting, uh, talking about what their strategies were going to be. He gave them uh, some tips. But the coolest thing was on the day of the challenge, people started going uh, and, and sharing in the in, in the public forum there. Uh, oh, my gosh, I was able to get a raise. I was able to get a raise for 5%. Somebody mm. got a raise for 20%. And it was because they asked. And then that encouraged new people who were there who were too scared to go, whoa, work for you? Okay, <laughs> let me try now. And then they got the win. And that just snowballed the effect. And guess what? Everybody was stoked. And no, not everybody won either. But the community was there to console and, and help be a shoulder for those people to lean on as well. And that's the cool thing about a community is is, is it takes some of the work off of your hands in terms of making people uh, feel like they belong because it is your own community itself that is building that community and making people feel like they're a part of something. And the truth is when people are involved, then they're invested. They're invested with their time and they can invest with their money as well, but only when they feel like they're involved. Hmm. One of the favorite chapters for me was a chapter in this section called Make Them Shine. I recognized a couple of, of the names that you shared in this chapter. What, what are some ways you've been able, Pat, to successfully feature your community members? Yeah, so Make Them Shine is about, you know, t removing the spotlight off of you as the, as the leader, as the creator, and putting it on back on your community members. And what this does is even though you're highlighting just maybe one or two at a time, they represent the entire whole. Mm. So, in fact, you're, re you're rewarding and, and featuring your community. Number one, it gets them to go, whoa, uh, you know, wow, Jeff recognizes his community. It's not just all about him. It's about his people. Number two, it gets people to go, whoa, that person's just like me. They're just a couple steps ahead. Yay, let's do this. Like, I can do this, too. It's very motivating motivating and inspiring to see somebody just like you, especially when you're under a brand who you got that help from. And so for me, for example, uh, I have a podcast episode specifically that was done for this strategy. It was episode 275. And, and mm. I teach a lot of people how to, how to do all kinds of things, affiliate marketing, podcasting and whatnot. And I, and I had brought three of my students on this podcast and I just asked them about their experience with, with podcasting mm. because they, they were part of my podcasting course. And I, it, it wasn't set up like, hey, you, you come on and you give me a testimonial. It wasn't set up as, hey, you know, tell me why I'm awesome. It wasn't it wasn't like that. <laughs> it was just, why did you want to start a podcast? What were the struggles? Why did it take you so long to get started? And then, of course, well, what helped you through that? And naturally, just through those conversations, they're going to provide the most amazing, authentic testimonials in context, mm. not just like a little square on your sales page, but with the story <laughs> behind it and the voice and the emo This is why I love podcasting, why mm. I know you love it, too. This is storytelling that's, that, that is created within it that gets people to feel the emotion and to feel like they're a part of something and to feel those stories along with those people who are sharing those stories. And this one single podcast episode alone accounted for over 150000 dollars in sales for my course wow. uh, during that launch because I'd also timed it to come out during launch week with some scarcity and you know hey get it now before the price goes up sort of thing but I remember getting emails back from people specifically saying things like wow I listened to that podcast episode and it, it was Dr. B that that got me to uh, join your course because she is an older woman just like me and I was scared of the technology but hearing her and her story and, and how it's impacted her and how easy it was for her and how scared she was like I, she's just like me mm. and and that was really cool because it was kind of like I could I get to reward 
uh, Dr. B for doing the work that she was doing. I mm-hmm. get to feature her a little bit. I get to encourage my other subscribers and community members to be just like her and go, hey, you can do this too. And of course, I get new customers as well. And then everybody wins. And that's the coolest part about that. So, you know, honestly, when I, like a lot of people come to me and they want to start a podcast, right? And they go, how do I get this A-lister on my show? <laughs> like, what are the tactics to have you know, some celebrity say yes. And I'm like, well, I think that you'd be benefit more from having some of your own clients mm. come on your show and, and talk about how their process was and what their struggle was because they're more relatable. They're more like your customers. And that's that's the beauty of it. And so that, that's what Making Them Shine is about. And that those are just some examples. And, and those folks are also more likely to share having been on your show. We often think that, oh, if I have this celebrity on and then they're going to share it when that's not a marketing (laughs) strategy, they won't. (laughs) Well, finally, we go from connected fan to super fan. And and this is where you recommend some some highly personalized strategies. Uh, What are what are a couple of examples here in, in this section? Yeah, I mean, I want you to imagine you go to a concert and you are there with 20,000 other people who also love this. This Do you have a favorite musician, Jeff? I'm going to date myself a little bit. Probably it's Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Awesome. <laughs> so you're there at a Billy, Billy Joel concert and, you know, you watch you watch the set and it's a, it's amazing. And then what happens is after the concert, you're getting a getting a meal somewhere and then you see Billy Joel enter the same restaurant <laughs> and he sees you with like a shirt on. Right. Because you're a fan. You have the Billy Joel shirt on or some hats or some memorabilia. And he comes up to you and he goes, dude, just thank you for being at the concert tonight. What do you think? You know, you say, oh, you rocked, man. Like, thank you so much. Just dude, thank you. Thanks for being a fan. I appreciate you. Just like literally 10 seconds. And then he goes on and because you're 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 a kind person, respectful, you don't bother him. You don't ask for a selfie. Maybe he even comes up to you and goes, hey, you know, I I don't want to be presumptuous, but I'd love to just take a picture for you. Like you're going to remember that small little interaction (laughs) for the rest of your life. Right. Mm. That little personalized action. Now, it's not scalable and it's not something that you could go to everybody to do, but you don't need to go to everybody to do it. Just even putting this in your calendar once a week to have these kinds of interactions with your audience are tremendously beneficial. Mm. And the beauty of this is you don't have to go tour in a bus to go somewhere to find your fans now. What happens is your your tour bus is there on the Internet already. Mm. Who's there to find you? And what I mean is. Just for example, if you are building a platform on Instagram and you have a lot of your fans, followers there from all different levels, right? Uh, From the casual audience who just found you to your super fans who you know are probably a little bit more a part of the community because they're responding to every comment and they're, you know, giving you shout outs or tagging you on posts and that Hmm. sort of thing. Well, why couldn't you just send them a quick direct message on Instagram? with a video and just go, hey, Janice, like just I just want to say thank you so much for sharing that post the other day uh, with your followers on your story. It just means the world to me. And I just want to say, uh, you know, if there's anything I can do to help you, let me know. Bye. Boom. Her mind is blown. You had just (laughs) personally sent her a message out of the blue without asking. And now guess what she's going to do? Number one, she's going to remember that forever because guess guess who's not doing this? Everybody else. Mm. Right. Number two, she might even share that moment with somebody else. She might even share it publicly. And this has happened to me before. Oh my gosh, Pat Flynn responded to me. And I'm just like, wow, I'm just a normal guy. But to somebody who cares and is interested and is involved and is invested in in your stuff and who cares about it, to them, it's the most meaningful gesture in the world. Mm. Right. And this, this goes back to small town rules, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I first learned about small town rules from Gary V when he said back in the day, he's like, you know what? We need to do business like we did back in the small town days when everybody knew each other. And, you know, Chris Ducker, my good friend, uses this example too of like, if you lived in the small town, you got your bread from Bob the Baker, right? Because <laughs> not just because his bread was great, but because every time you walked in, Bob went, 
Jeff, how's the family? How was that soccer game last weekend that your daughter went to? And just like he knows about you and you know about him mm. and you're having chatter. And even if a supermarket opened up between you and Bob's Baker, who sold just as good bread, if not even better, you would still go to Bob's Bakery because you have that relationship. And that's what we need to do and what we can do online. We have access to all these tools that enable us to create these little special moments. Yet we don't we don't do that. We wait till a person complains to then mm interact with them. We wait until we finally have a reason to sell something to then reach out and then make friends with everybody. No, why not now in between everything for no agenda other than to just thank a person and give them a little bit of time, spend 30 minutes every Friday reaching out to 30 people, one per minute on your Instagram account and just send them a video message. It's going to blow their minds Mm. and it will blow your mind, the, the, the reaction and the responses that you're gonna get. Just a quick aside, I think if uh, I ever were to meet Mr. Joel, I would feel compelled to tell him that I once won tickets to one of his concerts in a Billy Joel sound-alike contest. No way. Just to see if I could impress him. That's actually a true story. That is epic. (laughs) I'm curious to know, Pat, think about someone for just a moment who isn't in that I'm starting a business phase or I have a business phase just yet. What would you say to the person listening who right now is traditionally employed, knows they want to do their own thing, but either doesn't know where to begin, is scared, or both? Yeah, I would say number one, you got you to gotta really figure out who you want to help. That's always the first question I always ask people. It's not, oh, well, do you like to be on video more, or do you like to be behind the microphone? That's, that's irrelevant. The most important thing is to know that business is about providing solutions to people's problems, and you can't solve every person's problems. But there are little micro worlds that in that little micro world, there are some pains, there are Mm. some needs, and they need somebody to step up and help. Even if you don't know how to help, just if you step up and go, I'm going to be the person to find out how to help. I want to help you. Well, then you can start to build that little bit of following who all have that same common issue that you can help provide a solution for. And the beauty of this is you are at such an advantage starting out now because you have access to these tools to create these super fans so much faster than any of us could when we started businesses back in the day before everything was so connected. And a lot of us who are in it now are taking for granted what we have access to that allows us to be more connected. We're, we're probably less connected than we ever were with people, even though we have access to these tools. So if you have the right mindset, if you take the strategies in this book and what we talked about in this podcast episode today and use them, you actually are at a severe advantage versus mm. people who are in that space already because you have less worries other than who are you and how can I help you? Hmm. Well, you've probably become accustomed by now, Pat, to the fact that I always end with a couple of questions not directly related to the book. But before I do that, is there anything else about the book or from the book you want to make sure we walk away with? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, like with anything, if, if, if you end up picking up the book or even just listening to this podcast episode and you got now a bunch of ideas on ways that you can provide a better experience for the people who come across you and your brand and your, your, your following, pick one or two and go with it. I think that we are in this in this age of overconsumption and, and overwhelm and, and as a result, being a little bit paralyzed because of that. And, and my advice to anybody learning anything is to, okay, 
pick something. If you're reading a book, pick pick the one thing you're going to do from that book and 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 dedicate to it, commit to it, and and give it a chance. Because if you don't take that action, then reading that book would have been all for nothing, or listening to this podcast would be all for nothing. And and so I would want you to just take that one action. What what the beauty of this is 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 that one action leads into another action, which leads into, into another one. And and it, it's hard because there's a lot of great things that we want to do. But that list that you have of all those things that you want to do, circle one and go with that one. And whether that's with super fans or another book that you might be reading, I just wanted to offer that advice because that's the most common problem that I see with my audience today is just the, the overwhelm. Well, in the time since we last spoke here on the show, it's been a, about three years, a little over three years. There's, there's a question I want to ask you that I asked you then, but I want to challenge you to come up with some different uh, suggestions. In that question, I asked you to recommend books that have had an impact on you. So I want you to think specifically about the last three years. I'll remind you of the two books you told me last time and challenge you to to pick books that aren't these. (laughs) But at that time, it was Ask by Ryan Levesque and The One Thing by Gary Keller and and Jay Papasan. What would you say, Pat? I know you read a lot. You've got your own book club. What would you say in the last three years are books that are really speaking to you? Yeah, and these are going to be non-business books, but they are relationship books. These are these are self-development books that have really made an impact on me. This one, this first one's called "I Hear You: The Surprisingly Simple Skill Behind Extraordinary Relationships." And What's this that was again? Actually, it's called "I Hear I'm, You." I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey. Put him bunch. I like it. Uh, it's by a guy named Michael Sorensen, and it's about communication, uh, whether it's you and in in another business partner, but most of all, you and a spouse or 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 life partner mm. and how to make sure that you are actually hearing each other when you speak. And this was actually interestingly recommended to me by my wife. And it's been such a game changer because it helps us understand where we're coming from and it helps us uh, validate. It's all about validity, helping the other person understand that, okay, I, I get what you're saying instead of just trying to kind of refute them all the time. And, and great book, absolutely amazing. And the other one has to do with Enneagram. I don't know if you've ever heard of, of Enneagrams. It's sort of a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's another one of those sort of personality kind of things that you can sort of put yourself into to understand more about yourself and others. But I found it to be the best and most interesting one. It's had a massive impact on uh, on on my relationship, not just with April, but everybody in my life. Mm. The, 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 the better I can understand why a person is the way they are, not because that's bad or good, but just that's who they are, the better I can communicate and help them and serve them. And, and this book is called The Road Back to You by Ian Crone, C-R-O-N. A good friend of Michael Hyatt, he was the one who, who recommended it to me and I recommend it to, to everybody. It's it's really fascinating stuff, actually. I've gotten, gotten a little bit obsessed with Enneagrams and what <laughs> what those means and what number a person might be. And, and, and initially, I was just like, oh, I don't want to like, I don't want to categorize people, but it's been so helpful to just have a little bit better understanding of why a person is the way they are and, and how to uh, how to better help them and how to how to get through and, and how to listen. I know the book's been out for a few years, but that that book is one that that I featured in my book club uh, just earlier this year. Very well received. I I got a ton out of it. My wife loved it as well. I, do you mind if I ask you what your number is? No, not at all. I am a strong three. Ah, and and because I'm a three, I want everybody in the world to know that. And that's part of part of three is like, you know, wanting that recognition for for the work that you do. But oftentimes the three is unable to celebrate because they're already thinking about that next thing that they're working on. And that's Mm -hmm. one thing that I've now learning about that about myself. I'm trying to work on. Okay, you know, once you accomplish something, you know, be proud of that. You don't have to move on to the next thing. There's there's no rush in that. And then and then my wife is a, a strong six who mm. is uh, the loyalist, you know, dedicated, um, somebody you can rely on, but also can can have a lot of anxiety 
if things aren't comfortable and secure, right? Mm. And so that's allowed me to understand, okay, when planning a vacation, for example, it's better if we understand, okay, on this day we're doing this and this day we're doing that and we are safe doing that versus, oh, we'll just fly by the seat of our pants and <laughs> you know maybe we'll go ziplining and maybe this ziplining company had just started up and we haven't really tested their zip lines. She would probably not like that situation. <laughs> I don't think anybody would, but you know. <laughs> that is so fascinating. I am also a three. And my wife is a six. That's no real, way. Yeah, totally. No That's, way. Uh, wow. <laughs> what, are the, what are the odds? What are the odds? Well, yeah, yeah. The the for a six, the three is their stressor. So we, <laughs> you and I, both have to work even harder to uh, to make sure. Oh everybody's yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been fortunate to to see Pat speak in person a number of times, and I don't know if I know of anyone who puts as much effort into his public speaking opportunities as, as does Pat. I was there when you drove up in the DeLorean. Mm. Uh, was that New Media Expo, I think, a few yes, years ago? 2015, 30 year anniversary of Back to the Future, That's hence the DeLorean. It wasn't just a random thing, <laughs> but yes. Uh, as, as a successful speaker, which you obviously are, you, you get called upon to do keynotes all the time. What would you say, Pat, are some of your tips any that you're willing to pass along for an impactful and, and memorable talk, save coming up in, in a DeLorean to the stage. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the, the the best part of going to a conference and speaking and the most impactful part is not that time that you're on stage. Mm. Actually, I, f- I found that the, the most impactful parts are the times before and after. Before in the audience, getting to know who they are. And it's, it's really cool when you shake hands with people, meet them, and they have no idea who you are. <laughs> and you don't mention that you're a speaker and then they see you on stage. You're kind of blown away like, wow, I didn't know you were a speaker. And, you know, that just kind of makes people go, wow, like you're not this guy who's just on this mountaintop saying things to us like you're one of us kind of thing. Moments in the green room. Wow. The green room is the room where other speakers mm-hmm. are and hang out before they go on stage. And it's where you can see and meet some incredible influencers and other speakers. And that's where I've gotten to meet so many people and have incredible lengthy conversations where I wouldn't have been able to get access to those people otherwise. Mm-hmm. And so many great things have happened for my business, just building relationships in the green room. And then afterwards, being present with the audience after the talk, answering questions and just being in there to the moment the last person wants to shake your hand to me is, is the most important thing. And this is what has allowed me to better serve my conference directors, the conference owners who then go, oh, you didn't just come up here to speak. You came here to be present with my audience. And I appreciate you for that. If you want to speak anywhere else, I know somebody who can, mm. you know, this is how you can make it good with the conference director, conference owner, so that you can get recommended to speak at other places. And it's, yes, important to deliver on stage. But to me, it's even more important to make sure that the audience in those interpersonal moments that happen in the hallways, th- that those things are top priority too. Because guess what? Most of these conferences go back to their audience and go, hey, who are some memorable speakers? What was their score? What, like, how, how well did they deliver for you? Mm. And they're not just thinking about the time on stage. They're thinking about that conversation you had where you uh, were graciously offering a little bit of, of time and, and wisdom for them. And, and that's what gets remembered. That's what gets talked about. And that's how you can even build super fans out of the people who are hiring you so that you can get hired again and hired elsewhere. I knew someone like you would have excellent advice when it comes to public speaking and everything else for that matter. Thank you, Jeff. He's a three. I'm a three. His wife's a six. My wife's a six. He loves marching band. I love marching band. I was a drum major by marching band for junior and senior year. I love Back to the Future, though I can't say it's my favorite movie. Um, we're basically the same people. We're basically the same people. What was it? Oh, our let go days. Five years apart, but exactly the same. June 17th. Are you kidding me? 
No, I know yours was 2008, right? 2008, yeah. 2013, June 17 for me, five years later. Did you like wait for that date to kind of make it happen <laughs> just so you could say that one day? No, I, I actually had, I didn't even know who you were when it, when it happened. Um, it was only afterward. I think when you were sort of quote unquote celebrating your, I guess what it would have been on your sixth or seventh or something like that. And I was celebrating my first mm-hmm. and I was like, oh wow, same day. What are the odds? So that is crazy. It's been six wow. years for me. I guess it's been what, 11 for you now? Is that right? Yep. 11 year anniversary was this past month. I don't know about you. I mean, I, I think I can answer this for you, but I know for me, having now been on this side of it and, and self-employed for six years, I can't imagine going back and, and, and you could not pay me enough money to, to work for somebody else. Is that, do you feel similarly or, or could you see that as a possibility somehow, some way down the road? I mean, it depends on what the project is because to me, it's all about the end goal of serving others. And if I, if mm. it takes me working for somebody else to reach those specific goals, then I'd, be, I'd happily wow. do that. However, I would need to be able to do it in my own way. Yeah. In that in that group, right? And 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 being your own boss, whether you are an employee or not, is important to me. And 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 having the ability to make decisions uh, and and control a little bit of the direction. But um, I got to say, my layoff was the best, absolute best thing that <laughs> that ever happened to me. One hundred percent. I love how you answered that. It, it it was less about the situation and more about does this help me achieve what I want to achieve. Great answer. Thank you. Well, the book again is Super Fans: The Easy Way to Stand Out, Grow Your Tribe, and Build a Successful Business. It's Pat Flynn making his third visit to the Read to Lead podcast. Pat, it's always a pleasure. Uh, thank you for being here and taking time out of your busy schedule to spend a good forty-five minutes with us. I really appreciate it. This was super fun, and thank you for allowing me to share Super Fans. And uh, I super hope everybody has a great day today. (laughs) (laughs) If you'd like to check out either of those other two conversations Pat and I had about his previous books, I'll include links to those in the show notes, along with the books he recommended and other links and resources we referenced. You can find all of that at readtoleadpodcast.com slash 279 for episode 279. If you appreciate the fact that the Read to Lead podcast is free, you might want to thank FreshBooks by just trying them out for 30 days. You might find out it's the perfect accounting solution for your business and you'll be casting a vote for Read to Lead at the same time. You can find out more about that free 30-day trial at freshbooks.com slash read to lead. And remember to put read to lead in the how did you hear about us section. For questions, comments, or feedback on the podcast, you can email me directly, jeff at readtoleadpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. It does truly mean a great deal to me. That's going to do it for this week. I look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, remember, leaders read and readers lead. Read.